a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, passes. Keep it mediocre, mediocre and hilarious. You know how when you smell how bad your armpit is, but then you smell it again? This is Table Talk Radio. That's what this is. Like. Well, who's like, who's whoa, the first smell? You that, or me? <laughs> you you can. I got a bad like, whiff. Whoa, that really that really reeks. Here, smell it again. <laughs> this is what uh, I say when I get home from the gym. Boys, smell how strong I am. <laughs> <laughs> they go running. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do. Oh man, you go to the gym, huh? Heck yeah. You know, any, any given moment, you, people try to call, and they're like, you must be busy. It's right. I'm either, you know, praying or working out, <laughs> one or the other. Oh, you only do one, one at uh, any given time? I do both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying while I'm working out. <laughs> praying I don't <laughs> drop the bar. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we got an interesting show in store for you today. We're going to be... Asking so. the question, uh, uh, does the Catholic Church still teach indulgences? So we'll find out about that. But Pro- first, probably not. They they change their doctrine all the time. Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they reformed. Uh, you no, know, it is a kind of a, a rock and a hard place for the Catholic Church because they argue at the same time that they have the authority to teach, so they can you know teach new stuff, and, and they also argue that the doctrine doesn't change. It turns out that they 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 cha- they the Catholic Church does change some doctrines. It doesn't change the others, and it's all they always are ended up changing the good stuff and leaving the bad stuff be. Anyway, there, we'll I, talk about I remember watching a comedian. He talked about how he grew up Catholic and didn't go for a long time, and then when he went back to mass, they threw a curveball at him because he said, "The Lord be with you," and he said, "And also with you." But everybody else said, "And with thy spirit." Oh, you got me. He goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, because after all these years, that's the thing that needed to change. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It, it, it took like it took like forty years to make that change. Finally, <laughs> glad you guys got your priorities straight. That's right. That's right. All right, you got a buzzword? Ah, uh, sure. How about this one? Reformation. Ooh, good one. Hey, thanks. What would you mean by reformation? It's interesting. Reformation is a biblical word. Um, the time of reformation is at hand. This sort of thing. It's uh, I can't remember where that actually comes up in the Bible. But we normally use it to refer to the uh, 16th century Reformation. In fact, this year we're talking about 500 years of the Reformation. I'm going to go over to Germany a couple days again. Who's coming? 
to the I'm starting to think the only oh, reason you do this show is to promote your trips. Good thing I know better. Yes. Yeah, I got the Luther's works also. Remember? <laughs> Everyone's a Luther's. I got a lot more than trips to promote. That's why we need a whole 48 minutes. <laughs> anyway. That's right. Did I tell you that I did we announce that we're doing next year Fisk is going to do the Germany trip and uh oh did we did you decide that you're going to come out here to hope that we're going to do this hope symposium a couple weeks after Easter and you are going to be one of our presenters and we're going to talk about the absolution did we advertise that yet by the way I haven't seen the uh the speaker's compensation for that yet I'm I am withholding my answer <laughs> We we send it to your people Oh yeah <laughs> your they're, agent They're working on the Anyway reformation we normally talk about the Reformation as the big fight between the Lutherans and the Catholics in the 15th century. Fine. I think that's a fine definition. Although we have to remember that it wasn't just the Lutherans fighting with the Catholics. The Lutherans were also fighting with all the other so-called Protestants. And we find ourselves in this strange situation. You kind of have three groups, maybe seven groups, but three groups at least. you got the Lutherans and the kind of Protestants over there, and then you got the Catholics over there. And the Catholics look at the Lutherans and the Protestants and say, you guys look the same. And the Protestants look at the Lutherans and the Catholics and say, you guys look the same. And we look at the Catholics and the Protestants and we say, you guys actually are the same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it's a it's a it's like a battle waged with with three different uh, sides. You know, it's uh, particularly interesting. That's Reformation. How about that for buzzword? All right. My theological buzzword for you is anathema. And oh, nice. this comes from a uh, Greek... I'm going to write it in Greek. All right. I'm going to say it comes from a Greek word. Um, usually translated cursed or cursed, something like this. Um, so that uh, uh, I think the, one of the, I think, best references uh, or uses of the sword in the New Testament is Galatians 1, where it says, If even an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than what we preach to you, let him be anathema, or let him be accursed. And this is to be then uh, condemned. This is to be... Um, uh, Separated. This is to be, you know, a, a curse. So uh, now it's interesting. Then later, how the Roman Catholic Church will use the word, like in the Council of Trent. I got some Trent for you. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, let's see. Which one was I going to read here? Uh, oh, uh, if anyone saith that justice rece justice received is not um, perceived and increased before God through good works, but that the said works are merely the fruit and signs of justification obtained and not a cause of increase thereof, let him be anathema. There you go. All right. So if you're saying your good works aren't helping you in your standing before God, Council of Trent says you should be accursed. It's crazy. The Council of Trent, uh, I mean, the Council of Trent is basically figuring out 400 different ways to anathematize St. Paul and the gospel. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's inconvenient when you start anathematizing an apostle. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's dive in, shall we? Uh, yes. This is a video from Ascension Presents, Father Mike Schmidt, and he's answering the question, did the church ever sell indulgences? Here's his answer. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. So, as you probably know, we're in the year of mercy, the year that Pope Francis declared. Sorry, guys, that was last year. To be the Jubilee Year of Mercy. Now, uh, a, along with those, that year of mercy, there are attached what call indulgent. What Would we you, call can indulgent. you imagine? It was, so, what, if it was the year of mercy, 
and you're like, oh, sorry, New Year's over. No mercy for you. <laughs> Yay! Oh, dang. <laughs> Why did I... I? It seems to me like we should probably extend mercy beyond like a one-year time frame. Yeah, we... but you know, you have to remember. We talk about this how the the kind of basic picture of salvation for the Roman Catholic Church is the picture of a bank, but it's really like a bank that has a like a bookstore up front or um <laughs> I mean it's also I mean it's very commercial so you know sometimes like Kohl's will have a 24 hour sale <laughs> so you can get the clothes for cheap that's the thing to keep in mind I I I've actually never been into well I shouldn't say that I have been into Kohl's but um that's a it's a really disaster. Whenever Carrie, uh, this is really nice. After 18 years of marriage, now she has stopped taking me shopping. She's finally just given up, which what's, is really what's great. What's the trick? Uh, just persistence. Headaches. I got a headache, honey. <laughs> it is. I think. It, I think there's something about um, uh, uh, sensory overload in the stores. It's like too much information that is too meaningless. I don't know how to handle it. So, <laughs> any anyhow, this is not the point. The point is that Cole's. So it puts like uh, sells a shirt for like a hundred dollars, and then gives you like eighty seven percent off all the time. <laughs> and then you get the half That's price awesome. sale, and you're like, wait a minute, what if a you bargain. if it's hundred dollars shirt, you can buy for like a dollar fifty. Maybe it shouldn't have been priced at a hundred dollars in the first place. Never mind. <laughs> no, this, was... is the, this is what you should think of when you hear the Catholic Church announcing their years of jubilee and mercy. I thought you were going to say it's like a bank that has worse hours than a bank. <laughs> So the bank is open from noon to one. Hope you're not on lunch. <laughs> All right, well, more from this. And you say, wait, 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 indulgences. I know of that word. Um, that seems like a bad word. I don't think we believe in indulgences as Catholics anymore. Is that correct, Father? And I say, great question. No, we do still believe in indulgences. You say, wait, I thought that the indulgences were the reason why the Reformation happened because um, indulgences are so bad that that's why Martin Luther had to leave the Catholic Church, this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Luther left the church in a papal bull kind of a way. <laughs> well, you know, someone asked me this question. Do you think that if Luther would have never been excommunicated, if he would have left? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, I... We, we we like to boast about how we he wait he had to be kicked out he didn't leave on his own but I mean I think a couple more months but well, anyway but he was waiting for a council happen. though I mean so yeah so once the council of Trent would have come around certainly but that's the whole point he wanted a council to debate these issues but they didn't want to deal with him uh, according to a council they wanted to just burn him. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so right. he, how he left. You know, the, it's like when Luther slammed his hand down and said, "I'm out of here. You guys are no fun." <laughs> you know, when he left, he, he said, I, "I'm going to go start the Lutheran Church right down the road." <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness! All right, we're up on a break, so let's take what, a break. You don't like this? I, I can't believe you're not right into this guy's theology. The I'm, Jonathan Fisk of the Catholic Church. Right? Oh, are you going to be? Are you going to be upset at Fisk when he gets more people to sign up for his trip than you do? Uh, I'm capping it to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Two? <laughs> I've already seen that and uh, addressed that possibility already. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll see. I think I think you're going to be jealous as you get more people to sign up. All right. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. tuned in at the worst of all possible times. 
This is Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we are listening oh, yeah, to Ascension Presents. Explain to us why Martin Luther left the church. You know, various reasons like, you know, the 95 Theses and, oh yeah, the threat of death. <laughs> Those things. Hey, you keep teaching what you're doing. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill anybody who reads your books. You're leaving? Yeah. <laughs> Why would he leave? Where'd he go? What's he, how come he's not in with us anymore? How dare he just, just take his fun. ball and go home? <laughs> Where is he anyway? Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, let's. That, that bull that said kill, kill Luther, make it. Not only is he a criminal uh, that can be killed, uh, but also all his books are to be burned. And anyone caught finding his books is to be put, put in prison. He's left? Why did he leave? And then. Uh, uh, there's a uh, interesting thing here because in this in the early way the Catholic Church treated Luther is is there's about 20 different parallels to way, to the way that they treated John Hus. Remember John Hus, mm-hmm. who ended up being burned at the stake. Right. So I mean, if wasn't you're Luther, it? and you're looking at the way things are going with him and the way things went with John Hus. You're thinking, man, I'm going to be. Luther barbecue. I'm going to be a Luther shish kebab here pretty soon. Well, in fact, that's the angle the church was trying to deal with Luther so that I think was, a, I don't know, I don't get all these confused, but the Leipzig debate or something like that where where they're tr- trying him to admit that he holds at least to some of the teachings of, of Huss. And to get him to admit that makes him a heretic. I mean, you this has already been condemned. We don't have to debate it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yep. more okay. from Ascension Presents. People were selling and buying indulgences, and that was the worst thing in the world. Well, A, indulgences are not bad, they're good. B, the church never taught that indulgences were to be bought or sold. We're going to get back to that at the end of this. But- All right, I'm going to let him come back to that, but that's quite the claim. The church never sold indulgences? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I wonder how that could be true. Yep. It is nice. It is good to find the Catholics. Uh, this guy is good. I mean, he's real Catholic. He's not like, uh, yeah, we we're a little bit embarrassed about these things. He's full on, you know, indulgences. One, they're good. Number two, they're not for sale. But he's got this up uh, the apologetics for indulgences. Now, this is important for us to remember because we think, hey, you know, remember there was the Reformation and then there was the counter Reformation, at which point the Catholic Church kind of straightened itself out. Uh, uh, no, no. All, in fact, all the things that the that the that the Lutherans were protesting at the time of the Catholic Church uh, remain. I think, I think that claim can be made absolutely that none of the abuses that the Catholic Church uh, was criticized for at the time of the Reformation have been fixed. Is that true? Communion you, under you one kind. Mm, they do have communion under one kind. Uh, now you got the both mass and the vernacular. Um, yeah, but you look that, that was not part of the um that was not part of the official p- c- problem of the ca- of the Lutherans. I mean, they did it. They went to German and they were criticized for it, but they were not 
I don't think that 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 language was an official dispute that we had with them. So you're telling me if I if I just you know picked up the book of Concord, started reading the uh, you know confessions of what Lutherans oppose the Catholic doctrine on, I can't find one in there that has been corrected. Yeah, although they do come, they do. You're right about the communion in both kinds, sort of thing. So, Ka-ching. so that is one. You're right about that, I suppose. And they do let the Bible go out in the language. Although, again, I don't think the language question was yeah, an official I don't think so dispute either. of the Lutherans, both in the for the Bible and also for the for the service. Although it was a big part of it. But but you know the Lutherans would talk about it and they say look the Catholic Church has let this happen I mean the, the Catholic Church had allowed mass in the vernacular before the Reformation and after it just wasn't it had to be an exception and all this sort you had to have all these kind of rules around it so there was a there was a Greek mass um, for the Byzantine rite of the Catholic Church and things like this so th- there was provision for vernacular mass and even for uh, language translations of the Bible although it wasn't as kind of encouraged so but you're right i'm gonna concede i'm gonna take back my point i'm gonna pull it back you i think you corrected me that the communion in both kinds was a protest and they've gotten around to fixing that so of the other Finally. 150 complaints <laughs> that we made i know and, and still. i think i think they got together and said all right what's the one thing we can concede that won't really matter in any way um let's just give them the body and the blood that'll work All right, more from this video. Church never taught that indulgences were to be bought or sold. In fact, that's called the uh, sin of simony. Simony? Simony? Um, Where it's buying or selling of spiritual things. That's like a sin. Simon the Magician tried to do it in the Acts of the Apostles, and he died. He died because of that. So we don't don't want to do that. Indulgences are something different. Indulgences are simply God's grace being offered for free. Because God's grace is always free. Let's stop. What's an indulgence? Let, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop. Okay. God's grace being offered for free. Just, just I like that idea a yeah. lot. You, you it wanna, sounds a lot like the Bible. You'll want to hold on to that as he goes on to explain how you get indulgences and just keep asking yourself, does this sound free to you? Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah. But the other thing I, I want you to be kind of tuning in here is be paying attention how many times he quotes the Bible in this whole conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. That'll be kind of a – let's just keep a running tally. So far we're at zero, but I'm ready to tick – on these tally marks, references to the Bible, um, Bible references. Got on my paper here, and I'm just going to tick them off with every time he quotes a Bible passage. If they, if he, if he anathematizes something, does that count? Since that's a biblical word, <laughs> we'll see the con- we'll look at the context at the time. Right, do you have anything else to say? No, okay, didn't think so. How'd you ask? <laughs> An indulgence is the remission of temporal punishment due to sin. Okay, I'll say that again. An indulgence is the remission of temporal punishment due to sin. Now, here's how I like to phrase it. I like to say, change that one word punishment for another word. And the reason I like to do that is because it's true, it's temporal punishment, but at the same time, I think sometimes we think of punishment, we think of arbitrary judges who don't give fair punishment, but give arbitrary punishments. So let's, let's replace the word punishment with the word consequence. So, an indulgence is the remission, or taking away, of temporal consequences due to sin. Now, we know, we all know, right? We know that sin has consequences, but sin has... Let's pause it right there. I, I don't know that you can just substitute those two words. Are those one and the it's same? Punishment and consequence? Yeah. Um, they're cl- I mean, they're related, you know, so sure. I tell the kids, uh, clean your room or there will be consequences, which means <laughs> punishments. Uh-huh. 
Uh, well, yeah, but I, but you see, uh, the consequence has like it's like a cause and effect. So you do some sort of sin, and then there's some result f- from it, uh, which I think probably is in fact better. The, the problem is uh, that. Um, punishment has a will involved. Like, okay, so let's just say this: if if I um, if I go and uh, if if I go and I steal a couple of Pastor Flammy's uh, books, um, and and then uh, uh, oh, this is not a. I need a, a natural cause and effect. Let's, let's say I let's say okay, let's say I go out and I'm drunk and I'm driving, okay, and I and and the consequence is I crash into a tree. You know, and I get hurt. You know, that's that's a consequence of it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the thing that happens. It kind of flows from the sin. Uh, the if I so let's say I'm driving out drunk and I get pulled out over by a policeman, and then the judge puts me in jail for for two years. That's a punishment because it had the will of another person involved to determine what the consequence ought to be. You see, so that the, the, the distinction between a punishment and a consequence, I would say, is that. The, the punishment um, brings in the will of someone else. And this is going to be one of the big problems with the indulgences, because we also would, would recognize that there are co- temporal consequences for sin, uh, natural and uh, theological, uh, uh, spiritual consequences for sin. But that it's, it's God's will to dole those things out, not the will of the church. Do you, do you see the difference? Um, well, I, we'll we'll see the difference. I, well, I'm just going to guess that that difference is going to become manifest as this guy goes on. Well, par, but part of me wonders, uh, like, okay, so use your drunk driving analogy. Um, you know, you, you hit a tree. That's you know a cause and effect from you choosing to drive when you're not sober. Um, but uh, to say that that's a a punishment, as if those two words are interchangeable, is to imply that that God is punishing you be, uh, by getting injured in the crash because of your sin. And I'm not sure that we can say that. In other words, uh, I think that we, the way that we'd want to speak is that sins, punishment for sin is removed, though we do bear the consequences here in this world, um, whatever cause and effect those, those that may occur. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, yes, I think you're right. I know exactly what you're saying. I think you're right. I think there's a place... That that we can that we can understand when things go wrong as um, uh, as God's rebuking, but His rebuke. So, but it's not it's not His wrath, right? So, that, so we so we can make a distinction between punishment and discipline, like Hebrews twelve talks about. You know, the Lord chastens right, whom He loves. Right. right, that's right. Exactly. Okay. And and just to, to know that there's some some you know some stuff uh, there that I mean just some kind of basic moral. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a moral law that exists. There's a natural law that exists in the world, and when we break that natural law, it it, it there's consequences to it. I mean, when, um, you, you know, when when two people are are um, uh, acting like they're married and they're not married, for example, there's going to be consequences to that. They're not going to be good. Uh, so that there, there's a there's a result of breaking the moral law. Now, what what's really interesting is that the church wants to step in, and kind of, and become judge and and uh, jury in this whole process. Yes. All right. We need to take a quick break, and then when we get back from this break, more 
asking the question, did the church ever sell indulgences? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. We'll find out after this on Table Talk Radio. You shouldn't listen to Table Talk Radio. Reverse psychology? Or is it? I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. Welcome back. What? Trying to keep our blood sugar down. Yep. Trying to call it smooth, calm, and collected. Uh, what was your buzzword again? I forgot to write it down. It was uh, Reformation. Oh, yeah. I probably used that at some point, didn't I? Probably. <laughs> I think so. I'm going to give myself 500 points because I probably used it. If, uh, if you can't uh, prove me wrong. All right. We're listening to you. 500 points <laughs> off of purgatory here. <laughs> uh, those are the, the, you get a special indulgence. Yeah, for... You're experiencing the temporal consequences of Table Talk Radio, not the <laughs> eternal consequences of Table Talk Radio. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> no, consequences, right. not punishment, though. <laughs> All right, uh, more on this video. Did the church ever sell indulgences? Two different kinds of consequences. There is the eternal consequence of sin, which is separation from God forever, so hell. And there's also the temporary or temporal consequence due to sin. So when it came to the eternal consequence due to sin, Jesus Christ himself paid that price. He suffered the eternal consequence for our sins. He made it possible for us to have complete access to the Father, to have new life in him, and to go to heaven. So Jesus Christ paid the price for our eternal consequence due to sin. Okay. Did you catch the potentiality there? Yep, that's right. That's always how it is in the Catholic Church. So he, Jesus made it possible for us to get there. But So Jesus opens the door, but you've got to walk through. It's the same. This is why we say, you know, we're, we, look at the, we look at the Billy Graham rallies and we look at the Catholic Mass. We're like, you, it's the same thing. It's all potential salvation, potential Savior, potential life. It's all potential. And you've got to do something. Ah, it's just miserable. But we know that there's this other consequence the temporal or temporary consequence due to sin. Now, this is not only biblical, this is also like commonsensical. We all know this. We've all experienced this where, you know, we said yes to sin at one point and it was, it was kind of tough to say yes to that. We felt really bad about it. But after we did, after we said yes, there was a consequence. Even after we were forgiven for that sin, we still were wounded. It was easier to say yes to the sin in the future. It was harder to say no to the sin in the future. That's part of the temporary consequence due to sin. It's like um, Bishop Barron calls spiritual physics. So what's an indulgence? An indulgence is given to us by the church. Again, this is um, God gave his grace to the church to be an instrument of distributing his grace. So the church says this, we know that you experience this temporal consequence due to sin. We know you experience the eternal salvation because of Jesus, but we know that you're wounded, that there's consequences for our sins. So here's what we want to do. You can't heal yourself, so we're going to make it possible for you to have as much access to God's grace as possible. So if you do these things, these practices, these spiritual practices, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to healing 
from the eternal, or sorry, temporal consequence due to sin. It's like this. Um, imagine that I tore my shoulder and like tor torn rotator cuff or something like this. Now, no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't fully heal that shoulder. So what do I need? I need a surgeon, someone from outside to come in and heal that. So that's like God taking care of the eternal consequence. But at the same time, if you've ever had surgery, you know this. You know you come out of surgery and you're not like, oh, I feel all better, it's great. You need to do what? You need to do physical therapy. Now, you've been healed already. The eternal consequence of your torn shoulder has been, has been healed. But now you have a temporary consequence. And what you need to do is you still experience weakness. You still experience some woundedness. It's whole again, but it's not strong yet. That's the temporary consequence due to a torn shoulder. So what do you do? You go no, to this physical is, therapy. This is great. I mean, this is so helpful because so <clears throat> you, you see how this... Um, there's this kind of spiritual uh, calculus. Now, it is true that sin has an effect in the conscience, and we talk about that all the time. Uh, you, you know, the sin hardens the conscience. Uh, meditating on the Lord's Word softens the conscience and so forth and so on. And so, um, you know, the, as, insofar as he's saying that, that's a, that's a true statement. Um, so not, it's not only... Um, um, for example, uh, drunkenness not only has the, the physical side effects of, uh, of um, uh, not being able to think straight and love my neighbor and so forth, it also has a, has a, has a, a consequence in the conscience. My conscience is hardened, and, uh, and the temptation to sin is much more difficult to resist, for example, just you know, as, a, as, a, as a thing. Um, but... Uh, I was just going to say, it's, uh, just yeah. real, we could just stop real quick and ask the question. You know, what what does the Lord give us um, uh, to address those realities? And the Catholic would say, well, the Church has indulgences, and the Lutheran would say, the gospel, the 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 promises right. of Christ, because hearing those right. promises right. aren't just addressing half. Oh, that that's for eternal rewards, but I'm stuck with my own consequences. But the the uh, faith in the promises of God actually um, uh, give us uh, a, a belief and a, 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 a confidence in the promises of God to move forward in life here and now. You're right. Oh, exactly right. So, so, um, so it's not a matter of sickness, really, for us. It's a matter of death and resurrection. For the Catholic, it's a matter of sickness. So, so your conscience is sick, so it needs to be healed. And the way that it becomes healed is by going through spiritual therapy. So now the priest is going to hear what sin you've done, and he's going to calculate the damage that it's done, and then he's going to give you uh, acts of spiritual therapy so that your your conscience or your heart or whatever I can't remember what word he used will be will be healed and brought back up to uh, a, a degree of health. Hmm. It's really a disastrous way of thinking about this I mean, life. It's, it, I, it's amazing how this this. Uh, division uh, and it's not even i mean we we believe there's a distinction between the eternal and temporal but but what he presents is really a, a division between the eternal and the temporal so that the ramifications of the temporal almost undoes the et eternal um because now here you are trying to work your way back to a um a a uh life of what perfection or righteousness and all you're all you're con concentrating on is the temporal, and you've you know, 
focusing all on the temporal translates into your understanding of the eternal. Yep. That makes sense. All right, we'll do more of the audio. And they say, do these exercises. When you do these exercises, they're not magic. What they do is they strengthen your shoulder. Similarly, indulgences, they're not magic. But when you do them, they strengthen your soul. They strengthen your relationship with the Lord. And so typically, um, an indulgence, a partial indulgence or a full indulgence, or the technical word is plenary indulgence, has four slash five things with it. What these, these four slash five exercises that you could do, just like a PT would give you exercises for your shoulder, the church gives you exercises for your soul. One, pray for the Pope. Why? Because <laughs> that represents our All right, hold on, I make, make a list here. Yeah. Okay, so, so here are the things that I can do. Physical therapy for the soul. No irony there. <laughs> pray Okay, but listen to the rationale why we should pray for the Pope. I mean, this is great. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> that represents our unity with the church. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like you the said, Pope. this guy's a fantastic Roman Catholic theologian. I mean, he's great. Terrible theology, though. I mean, what, what, what gives us our unity or what represents our unity is our praying to the Pope? Holy cow. Uh, how about our faith in Christ is our unity? Or um, if you want a biblical representation of unity, it's you know uh, communing together and uh, partaking the Lord's Supper together. That that's the picture of unity. But to pray to the Pope is our is our picture of unity. Oh my goodness! I didn't say I meant I didn't mean to say pray to the Pope, pray for the Pope, but still, you know, you get the point. Either way, you know, you could pray, <laughs> step number one is to pray to the Pope. That's number two or something like this. <laughs> All right. It's, we need to get your list filled out here, so here's a little bit more. Number two, okay. go to confession. Why? Because, of course, we need to have access to God's grace. We need to not just have access. We have access. We need to use that access to God's grace. We need to allow him to heal us. Number three. Isn't it interesting, and again, perfect Roman Catholic theology, that confession or any of the means of grace— is described as something that you can use, you know. So we have access, but we need to use that access. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like God has mm-hmm. has taken the tools out of the toolbox in the garage and has laid them on the workbench for you. Now you got to use them. <laughs> I mean, it's right. it's what is the ex opere operato the, the the working of the thing, the the doing of yes. the of the thing is is what brings about the you know I guess the the grace that that God. I mean, that's so crazy. I mean. As if grace is something that is that we do. I mean, that defies the very definition of the word, and that that's why. Then, at the very beginning, uh, he said that in, indulgences um, are a matter of grace. Yeah, grace that you do <laughs> in our in our uh, new definition of grace. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because remember, it's it's God's mercy is available for free, but you got to do something to get the access to that mercy. Right, oh, yeah. Man. Okay, just a little bit more before we go to our next break. Go to communion. Receive Holy Communion within a certain number of days of the, of the, the fourth action, the fourth thing you could do. Now, the fourth thing is like the thing you do for the indulgence. You could either um, go on a pilgrimage and pray, or you could do some good act of service, or you could deny yourself something, like you know, some kind of fasting, some kind of penance, or you could uh, do some kind of good work of, act, work of charity. Basically, Every indulgence, you can act the action there, can be broken down into works of prayer or fasting or almsgiving. All right, we'll take a pause right there, and when we get back, we'll 
flesh this out. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We're asking the question, did the church ever sell indulgences? Hmm. Starting to sound like maybe they did. Check us out on our website, tabletalkradio.org, where you can listen to 24 hours a day of Table Talk Radio until your ears bleed. That's at tabletalkradio.org, the Table Talk Radio uh, 24 station. All Table Talk Radio nonstop makes your children cry. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. If you don't quiet down, we'll make you listen to Table Talk Radio. That's a consequence, not a punishment. <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. All right, you have your four steps to uh, getting the indulgence. Got to the... pray for the Pope. Yep. Got to go to confession. Mm-hmm. I got to go to communion, and I got to go to communion within four days of doing something. <laughs> this and... is all ways to get the free grace and mercy of God. <laughs> and the uh, the the doing something the is uh, an act of prayer, an act of fasting, or an act of almsgiving. Okay. So yeah. let's yeah. pick Prayer, up. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. All right, let's pick up where we left off. Prayer, fasting, so, pray this. You know, <clears throat> go into a chapel <throat> and pray the Stations of the Cross on a Friday during Lent. That's an indulgence. Um, or fasting. Fast in this particular way, and that's an indulgence. Or almsgiving. Do this good act of service, and that'll be an indulgence. Because why? Because those things are meant to heal our hearts that has been wounded because of sin, the temporal consequence due to sin. Now, here's the last thing. But I thought the church sold indulgences. Well, that would be an easy mistake that not only non-Catholics, but even Catholic priests, when they were probably proclaiming the goodness of God's grace and his, uh-huh. their access to his abundance of grace and indulgences because of this. So you could pray, you could fast, you could give alms. Well, giving alms is a good thing. So helping people out. Now, who's good to help? Well, it's good to help the church. The church is, has, a, has a great mission. The church has a great um, role in the world. And so if you give alms to the church, in fact, you know, we're trying to build this beautiful church so God can be worshipped in Rome called St. Peter's. And so how about this? If you donate, give alms, to the church, to the building of St. Peter's, that's an indulgence. Now, do you see how that communication of something like that could yeah. be misinterpreted as uh-huh. we're selling you no, God's grace? I, can't. Sell- <laughs> I just can't get the connection. I can't see how anyone would ever... Whatever think that. I mean, I mean, you know, you know how some people might might miscommunicate that, like when you know John Tetzel says, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from Purgatory Springs. That might sound like commerce. That might sound yeah. like we're selling indulgences, but really, that's your free donation because we're building a church. We're doing really great things. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give you you're gonna give us something for free, and then we're gonna give you something for free. <laughs> See, a lot of people have thought that was selling something, but actually what's going on is it's this free gift of indulgences for a a low price. Could I just have, if you're going to give it to me for free, free, could you just have, could I just have it? Well, (laughs) no. No. You have to give us something for free before we give you something for free, but then you can have it. This free thing (laughs) is only going to cost you a little bit. (laughs) 
So this is all just one big misunderstanding. The whole burning Luther at the that's stake weird. thing, that's Explo- just because yeah. they they were miscommunicating that they were selling indulgences, and then people were buying them under the miscommunication that you could buy indulgences, but the church never sold indulgences. <laughs> It's uh, Luther said, hey, if you guys have all this mercy, why did you give it away instead of charging people for it? That's well, what got him in minute. trouble. Wait a minute. Because you have to give something out of the charity of your heart before we can give you something for free. But it is free. If, it's not, if that's not a sale, that's also bribery. <laughs> if it's one or the other. It's probably Telling better to call it a indulgence. sale. It totally could be misinterpreted as that. Totally. Actually, it could even be misspoken from oh. a bishop or from a priest at that time yeah. as they're saying, like, just pay this much money and you'll get this much grace. That would be them miscommunicating or other people <laughs> misinterpreting. But the church has never sold indulgences. It's just a lot oh. of miscommunication going on here. He just gave away tons of indulgences at, di- at different rates <laughs> with different benefits. I mean, people had these papers saying that uh, they weren't going to go to purgatory. They're going to go straight to heaven. Because they pay an indulgence, but it's not because they bought anything. They did buy. No, no. <laughs> this they is all just for their alms. temporal concert. Yeah. Yes. Con- temporal consequences. They gave alms for the building. And 50% of the alms, you know, I mean, some went to pay the salary of the indulgence. Some 50% went to Albrecht of Mainz. Some 50% went to Rome, but mm-hmm. it's an alms. It's alms. The church ultimately I mean, I, never I, it's, In some ways, it's really, really kind of, that's just a really unfortunate miscommunication. <laughs> misunderstanding. I'll say. But the church ultimately never sold indulgences anymore that you could buy an indulgence by praying or buy an indulgence by fasting. Giving alms is just another good work that mm-hmm. Jesus Christ recommends. Why? Not because he needs it. Because- now, let's take a look at the Bible verse tally sheet. How many times did uh, Father Mike Schmitz quote the scriptures when he says that Jesus commends um, indulgences for praying, fasting, and almsgiving? Uh, tally is at zero so far, but I'm sure they're coming. They're they're gonna they'll be coming up. Yeah, you'll hear from yep. God's word here in any moment now. Because it's good for our souls. The fifth thing was this: um, to not have any attachment to sin. And that's when people are like, "Oh, oh, that's lame. How can I have, how can I not have any attachment to sin?" Well, you know, when you continue to grow and walk with the Lord, and you have you conform your will to His will, you get less and less attached to sin. That's one of the, not only one of the consequences of indulgences; it's also one of the um, tools, one of the instruments that give indulgences gets basically another word for God's grace given to us by, through the church, mm-hmm. their power. There's always consequences due to sin. There's an eternal consequence and there's a temporary consequence. If you've gone to confession, if you've been baptized, that eternal consequence has been taken care of by the Lord. But you probably find yourself weak. You probably find yourself still in need of growth and of strength. And that's where indulgence. To which the cross has nothing to say to you, but the church has something to say to you. I mean, Jesus dying on the cross, that's only for your eternal salvation, has nothing to do with your present struggles with sin, has nothing to do with the fact that you have a weakness of the flesh. But tell you what, give us some money and we'll take care of those for you. <laughs> but it's not, we're not alms. selling anything alms. here. <laughs> give us some alms. <laughs> Uh, but isn't this fascinating? God's I mean, grace, the, the free la- grace through the church for giving of alms. It's just a disaster. I think I've said uh, several times before. I I went to college at a at a free Methodist school, and one of the things that they they 
uh, pound in theology classes in a in a any kind of a school from a Wesleyan tradition. I'm sure um, is that the John Wesley's big thing on entire sanctification or Christian perfection, and this was the idea that, that Christians could reach a level of blessing in which they no longer committed you know acts of sin. Uh, and, and here you have it from the Roman Catholics saying that uh, you can have you know through these all these indulgences um, that you can. Uh, you can free yourself from attachment to sin. So as you made the point before in our show, this this Roman Catholic theology is really the same theology as at least Wesleyanism or or uh, American evangelicalism in general. Mm-hmm. Same. This is a point that needs to be hammered home. It is the same doctrine. That's, uh, you know, the Catholics and the Protestants apparently are fighting with each other, but for no reason, because they really uh, are the same. Same. Free. It's all free will. It's all. Now, is is this in part? I mean, there's probably a, a, a lot of reasons that this all theology comes out, but is part of it the inability to confess that we are simultaneously at the same time uh, justified and still sinners, so that the uh, Roman Catholic can't say. Uh, well, the reason you're still, you know, struggling with sin is because you're still a sinner. But to say, you know, you haven't reformed enough, you you haven't uh, used the the means of grace enough to get better. Um, and at the yes. same time, the evangelical wants to say, well, it's a it's a transformation that should be taking place. That you might be saint That's and right. sinner, but you're you know, eighty uh, percent sinner and twenty percent saint. But you can get that down to a seventy thirty or maybe even a sixty forty if you try hard enough. Yep, that there's a mo- it's a sickness. You see, sin is a sickness. Our 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 fallenness is a sickness, and now it's a bad, It's a matter of getting better, through spiritual exercises, through through spiritual physical therapy, <laughs> you're getting stronger and you're getting better and you're overcoming sin. You are becoming perfect. I mean, the 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 Methodist doctrine of sinless perfection is the Catholic doctrine of the saints. It's just the the same. Is a I mean, the only. Um, Slight addition is that uh, because the Catholic Church has no idea of the imputation of Christ's righteousness, it necessitates the doctrine of purgatory as a place to finish your purification, whereas the you know the Protestants have something of the imputation, but it's always in the background because it's a matter of getting striving, getting better, overcoming, going to the next level, um, getting sin out of your life, totally giving yourself over, submitting yourself to the Lord, all this kind of stuff. It's it's um, but but it's really the same animal. It's the same theological beast, and it's the same treadmill of pride and despair in the end, because instead of having the righteousness of Christ imputed to us, given to us, we have the grace of God purchased through the church to help us be stronger and and make God happy. It's it's, it's a it's a disaster. Okay, Pastor, one minute remaining. So speak to the person who, as the uh, priest here said. Um, continues to struggle with sin. Yeah, Jesus comes to you and he says, I forgive you. Over and over and over, he says, I forgive you. And we have confession for those sins that can't get dislodged from the conscience and say, hey, I dare you to forgive me this. And you know what the pastor or the Christian friend says? In the name of Jesus, I forgive you. And it's the forgiveness of sins, the promise of the gospel, this grace given freely, truly freely, uh, without the, to, to the one who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted to him as righteousness. This is, this is the, the pure gospel which sets us right before God and also sets us up to start to live 
uh, before our neighbor and love and serve them. But it, but it all grows, the, the fountain of God's grace, which is this never-ending abundance of God's mercy and kindness, is not for sale. It's not to have access by your own activity. It, is, it comes to us freely in the preaching of the gospel. And that is the, the confidence that we want, in which we want to live and the confidence in which we want to die. Excuse me, it wasn't being sold. That's a misunderstanding. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like indulgences. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 